Good day, everybody. My name is Penelope Skuman, and today we're meeting with Estelle Koch. She is an intuitive soul coach and spiritual teacher. And last time, we spoke about general questions around spirituality. Today, we're going to focus on faith and how to strengthen your faith. Thank you for joining me, Estelle. Thank you for inviting me again. So, Estelle, what is the difference between faith and belief? I would imagine that that is a very good question to ask given our last session where we spoke quite a bit about spirituality and religion. For me, belief is something which is very strongly linked to religion. In religion, we are working with something that we have been taught. We are holding on to beliefs which have been handed down and beliefs that we have made our own. Beliefs can be changed a lot easier than faith. Beliefs are also easier for us to hold on to because a lot of people have practiced them. We see them in action. Beliefs we see in action a lot more in terms of the things that we do or do not do, the things we are allowed according to our religions or not allowed, um, the way we practice our religion. Faith is a very different story. Faith is belief on steroids. Belief Beliefs are something that we have come throughout our life to believe. Faith is a knowingness. It is something that is deep within your bones. It is the fabric upon which your life is built. It is something that no one can teach you. Faith cannot be taught. Faith can be challenged, just as beliefs can, and it very often is. And very often you will hear people say that they, um, they don't really have faith. What is interesting, though, is your people who claim to be atheists uh, very often will say, I do not believe in anything. And the interesting thing is that atheists are not necessarily people without faith. There are people who do not believe in what has been taught or handed down. Faith is something that you can strengthen. It is something that you can work on developing, maybe. But it certainly is not something that you gain and let go. It is something that is so absolutely inbred in us. It is our DNA. It's part of our DNA. It is part of our soul. Faith truly is that which is our soul in action. So how would you then go about strengthening your faith? You know, very often people will say to me, God has turned their back, his back, or her back, or its back, on them. Where people feel that they have been let down, where things have happened in their lives. 
And it's quite interesting how we will very often link the negative things, the sadness, the disappointments in our lives to our relationship to and our faith. The big thing in terms of faith is to start living, as I mentioned in our previous talk, to start living with gratitude. Now, very often people will say um, that you must keep a gratitude journal. Many people do. In fact, and it's a very good practice, by the way, to keep a gratitude journal. The thing is that when you do this, people will say at the end of the day, I'm thankful for my home, I'm thankful for my family, I'm thankful for having a good job. But it's the real things, it's the fabric of life that we need to become grateful for. It's starting to say thank you for that message, thank you for that prompting. Thank you for the feeling I had that I should not enter into that agreement. Thank you for being able to look in the mirror and see myself beyond the masks that I wear. Thank you for that moment when, even though I wouldn't say it publicly because I have grown to believe that it should not be done that way, at that moment when I saw my own beauty or my own strength, strengthening your faith is all about living it. It's all about being in touch with divinity. And I'm going to call it divinity from here on out. As I mentioned before, every person has a different way of exercising their faith. And some people will speak of God, some people will speak of Jesus. And that is not relevant at this moment in time for me, who it is that you consider divinity. But the divine force, the divine force that is that which your faith is in. So practicing faith is absolutely being in communication. You know, in our personal relationships, the most crucial aspect is communication. Yet, in our spiritual relationships, we flounder and we seek and we don't really know where to go to get our answers. Prayer is and will always be the cornerstone of faith. It is true that not all our prayers are heard. Well, no, all our prayers are heard. We have been told this by various people who have undergone near-death experiences where they are shown how our prayers are recorded. But not all our prayers are answered. And when we step back from our ego desires, it makes quite a bit of sense because if every one of our prayers had been answered throughout the years, um, I think we would look very different. Definitely. And so would the world around us. So that is important to understand, that we can pray, we can ask whatever it is that we need, but that which is in accordance with our soul and our highest good 
and the highest good of all that we engage with. That is what will manifest. The thing to understand is that prayer is a way of speaking to God or to the divine. Prayer is not just sitting there and making all your needs known. Prayer has to become a way of communicating. When you're driving in your car, speak to the divine. does not matter who you are, as I said earlier, who you are directing it at. But know that. Make your needs known. The needs not necessarily material, although that too, but spiritually. That which your soul needs, that which your soul seeks, Talk about it. Talk about it in your head, in your psyche, for it will be heard. Most importantly, however, is to gain insight in how to listen. Because more often than not, your prayers are heard, but you don't know how to listen to them. So how would you go about starting to listen to those answers and gain intuitive insight. Um, our lives are so busy and we're so focused on the physical, on what we can hear. And of course, there's no loudspeaker telling us what the answer to our prayers or our questions are when we speak to the divine. Yes, it's interesting. Caroline Mace once said, the, the guides never take a room at the Ritz. And you're not going to be walking down the street and have a clapperboard fall <laughs> down with all your answers. And this is true. However, you just said you are, we are so focused on the physical. And we spoke the last time about being so in touch with you as a person and why the focus on you as a person. My faith is my relationship to the divine. In my relationship with other people... I need to listen. I also need to look at people's body language. I need to gain insight into how I feel in people's company. When they, when I have a cup of tea with someone and they get up and walk out of the room or I get up and walk out of the room, how do I feel afterwards? Do I feel uplifted? Do I feel brought down? How do I feel? The same kind of thing is important for our relationship with the divine. Now, we spoke about developing yourself as a person and getting beyond the masks, you will remember. The whole idea of living in faith and living spiritually is to first and foremost get to know ourselves. One of the ways to do that is to learn to know your body. Getting to know your body will allow you to recognize a gut feel, will allow you to recognize, you know how sometimes somebody will say something and you resonate with that and you get a kind of a cold shiver as a, as a, I would say as a confirmation. Yes, yes. The more you can do that, the more you can start getting in tune with, ah, that was a message from my body that says, I resonate. Or it was the message that says, 
I do not resonate with what has just taken place. So the more you get to know your body, the more your body will tell you when it is communicating to messages or when it is responding or getting messages from the divine, from the universal energies. Because all of that is guidance. Guidance comes to us not necessarily in meditation. You may ask for something and the message may be so subtle that you don't know it because the answer to a question could come through a song. Wow. You could be doing a workshop and thinking, gosh, I wonder if this, this was, this felt so good. I wonder if this is what I should be doing. And the next thing you may or may not know, the song by Jefferson Starship, nothing's gonna stop us now. And a song like that in that moment could be confirmation of the question you just put out. So when you start living in faith and when you start living, I want to say in prayer, where your communication is an ongoing thing, your answers, your feedback also becomes ongoing. One of the most important tools for this is meditation. Meditation is something that we can sit down and have another chat about when the time is right. Because there is meditation that you can do purely for focus. There is meditation, forms of meditation that you can do for inspiration, for goal setting, to achieve certain goals. There is meditation that you can do for stress, just to relieve stress. There are various forms and purposes to meditation. But in this particular instance, our goal would be to learn to become quiet. And that could be as simple as a 10-minute meditation every day. Obviously, the more time you can spend in meditation, the better. But it's very difficult for the majority of people to start off meditating a half an hour a day. It's also very difficult for the majority of people to quieten their minds because it's not who we are. We have been programmed to think, to eat, to talk, everything on the run. Everything is done on the run. The purpose of meditation in terms of faith is to learn to become quiet, to be, to learn to come into your center. In other words, to bring all your thoughts and your energies into your body, not scattered everywhere. You know, we have a little picture that I'm sure if I say to you, the praying hands comes to mind immediately. The praying hands actually represents the body coming together. That's what the purpose of it is. And the two middle fingers touching each other is like a core center running through the body. And when you bring your hands together in prayer, in the olden days, that was to bring the intent to bring your energy into your center. When you are there, it is so much easier to be quiet. It is so much easier for you to actually know your questions. 
Because your mind is not everywhere. Your mind is not all over the place. Now you can pray. And more importantly, now you can become silent. Because your answers may not come during that meditation, but what you are doing during meditation is you are starting to train your body to, and your energy field to come into a quiet, centered place so that when the answers do come, in whichever ways they may present themselves, you will be open to hearing it. Well, that is, that is quite profound, I would say. Sure. So, <clears throat> how would you lift your vibration? You know, to, you know, just in general. Well, lifting your vibration is a different story, but it is completely linked to the meditation process. Because in lifting your vibration, you are going to find it easier to meditate. Having said that, meditating will help you to lift your vibration. We live in a world of vibration, of frequencies, and there are many things that are of a lower frequency. Things that are of a, of a lower frequency um, are the things on the base level. And you can look at the food pyramid. You can look at a rainbow, which starts at red. You look at the colors of the rainbow, red, orange, yellow. You take the music scale. It starts with do, re, mi. That resonates with the different colors of the rainbow. So we're just going to use the rainbow for now. Um, and if you're familiar with the chakra system, you will know that the colors of the various chakras or the energy systems in the body, the energy centers, all go according to the same um, pyramid, shall I say, of colors or order of colors. So your base chakra, your base color, your base note would be the red and the lowest one. And that deals with day-by-day -day survival, deals with the things that we have to deal with every single day. The second one coming up would then be, for instance, your relationships. Dealing with your relationships, your material um, well-being, uh, your intimacy levels. And then going higher up on the spectrum, you get to a place where you're in the, the, the yellow vibration, which deals with you as a person, as an individual. So you're coming down up, you're coming up from being part of a tribe to being part of a smaller tribe to being the individual. Um, and the denser energy of the tribe is a heavier, heavier feeling, heavier vibration. So you want to lift out of that. And the more you come out of that, you will then get to the heart center. Now, when you get to the heart, the more ethereal qualities of the greens and the blues and then the, the, the violet colors, that is a higher vibration. When you're working in that frequency, it's very different. So let me take an example. If you are going to work, you're amongst a lot of strange people. They're not, they're your acquaintances. They're your, colleagues, but they're not your friends necessarily. 
and you're with them and you walk away from home, from work at the end of the day and it's been a long day and yes, you're going home, you're heading home, this is a normal day. Yet on a Sunday, for instance, you go to church. Or if you've ever experienced the choir, choir, choir experience where a 1,500 people come together to sing a song. Again, you are in a place where you are with a lot of people, some whom you've never known, you've never even spoken to. But when you walk out of there, you feel lighter, you feel uplifted because it's been a higher frequency environment that you've been in. Am I making That makes sense? a lot of sense, right. Now, what we want to do as individuals is we want to balance our lives. We want to get to a place of balance where we are not constantly bogged down by survival, the need to survive. On the other hand, we also do not necessarily want to live in the highest spectrum of spirituality where we are like monks who are dedicating our lives to just, I often say, peeling carrots and going (laughs) on, which is not really fair because their lives are dedicated to the highest good of all. But for us in daily living, we need to do things that will get us to a place of balance where we are not just living to survive, where we are operating from a place of living in grace, as I mentioned before. We do that, once again, as I mentioned, with gratitude. Becoming grateful for all the little things. But in order to be grateful, I must be mindful. And that is what living in the moment that everyone speaks about now. It has become the buzzword. Mm. Living in the moment is all about. It does not mean I have to deny what has gone before. It does not mean I have to pretend tomorrow is not going to happen. But it does mean that when I am sitting here speaking to you, I am hearing your questions. You are hearing my answers. We are engaging with one another. And more importantly... We are engaging from the heart. Because when you engage from the heart, you are engaging from a place of spirit. You are engaging from a place of center. The heart is much more at the center of who you are. The heart is non-judgmental. The mind is judgmental. So we need to start getting out of the mind and into the heart. On an intellectual, then intellectual, emotional level, I'm going to say to you, we need to become discerning. We need to become discerning in the sense that we can say, "Uh, this does not work for me. I do not approve of smoking marijuana for me. Smoking marijuana is neither good nor bad. Because that is judgment. But discernment says it is not for me. It is not good for me. So, to look at another person is to say, oh, that is such a bad person, or that's such a good person. No, look at that person and say, for me, being with that person is not good. Mm. 
or for me being with that person is really wonderful and uplifting. It's not about that person. It is about my interaction with that person and how it feels to me. Because how I feel about a person does not make them good or bad. So it's stepping away from judgment and living with discernment. Which is why I come back to my relationship with me. The next thing is I need to work on a relationship with my body. My body is the temple. My body is the physical manifestation of my soul. And I therefore need to heal my relationship with my body. Doing that I do through exercise. I do through nutrition. And I do through looking after my body and doing what is best for it. So once again, I have to come back to my relationship with me. Now, many of us have got bodies that are not the ideal, certainly not what you would get in men's health or (laughs) fitness South Africa. But we need to come to a place, irrespective of who and what, of how we look, where we can say, this is my body. I brought this in with me. My life, my circumstances, whatever it is, has brought me to a place where this is the body I'm living with. But in order for me to live more spiritually, I need to start honoring this body And in doing so, I will heal whatever I need to in that body. And if there is an issue, an illness, anything like that, that I cannot heal, I need to once again honor my body for the lessons that it is bringing to me and for the teacher that my body is to me. However, looking at my body nutritionally, with exercise, with good sleep. All of those things help to lift the vibration because it allows my energy, my blood, my body fluids to flow better. And the better my energy within my body flows and moves, the better my ability to hear and feel and sense what I need to. Wow. So, how would you go about to live spiritually? Right, I think pretty much your question about living spiritually is summarizing what we discussed last, Mm. during the last podcast and today. How would I go about living spiritually? First and foremost, I would go to a place where I can work on loving and accepting Myself, Accepting that I am a divine being, that I am a miracle. When we look at our bodies, when we look at our lives, there is so much that we take for granted. And we are our own starting point. We are the place where we engage with spirit. So that is the first thing, is to learn... To love, or firstly to accept, and to love ourselves, and then to honor that. And we honor that by being the best person we can be. We honor that 
But being someone who people want to be around. Not because they necessarily like us, but because they respect us. Because if you respect yourself, others will too. Others who understand. Those who do not, that is their journey. Your only responsibility in this lifetime is for yourself as an adult. There's a very big difference when you have children in the world. But you're the only adult in this lifetime that you are accountable for is yourself. And the best way to live and be accountable for yourself is to live by understanding that you're a divine being and to strive every day to be that. Now, that sounds pretty egotistical. Very selfish. Very selfish. But when you start doing that, you cannot help but become humble. Because when you start living in grace, and when you start living in gratitude, you realize how wonderful the gift of creation that is lived through you is. You realize how wonderful the gift of creation that you are allowed to experience in nature, the amazing phenomena in nature. You understand how big that is and how very blessed you are to be able to partake and to be a part of that. So, yes, it does sound egotistical and selfish, but it is up to you to make your life the best you possibly can. So you would do that by creating an interactive relationship with spirit or the divine, whatever you call the divine, through prayer, through meditation, but also by understanding, first and foremost, that every other person is also a divine being. And treating them as that. Treating every other person as an aspect of the divine. And honoring and respecting them as that. And treating other people as you would truly want to be treated. That is the first thing. The second thing on a very practical level is to... Restore your relationship with your body by getting enough sleep, by eating nutritious food, by giving your body that which it needs, by treating it if it needs medical attention, by exercising, by doing whatever you need to do in order to be as healthy as you possibly can and in order to manage whatever you may have to deal with in your body. Then the next thing would be to honor your relationships with the people around you. To become the kind of person who inspires healthy relationships. Not by becoming a yes person. Not by being what other people want you to be. But by standing very quietly in your center and honoring who you are. And allowing the people who are in alignment with that into your life. And setting clear and healthy boundaries with those who do not 
live in alignment with who you are. You do not want to necessarily lock people out, but you may want to keep them within or without certain boundaries. So those, those would be the major things, but the last thing that I would like to say to you is that you would strive to have a healthy relationship with money. Because money is an energy, and money is something that has become something that is frowned upon, especially by the New Age movement. But when you start understanding that money is an energy and it is one that reflects your value that you put on yourself, then you cannot but strive to have a healthy, balanced relationship with money. If you can understand that when you deliver a service, you deserve to be paid in relation to that service. The minute you start valuing yourself, the minute you start valuing your gifts, and the minute you start valuing that which you bring to any situation, and you stand up for that, and you ask for that to be honored through payment for your services, your financial well-being will also improve. And that ability to live in financial um, comfort, shall I say. Not, we're not talking about huge abundance. I'm not talking about um, becoming rich overnight. I'm simply talking about living in a way that is comfortable and where your needs are adequately, and the word adequately is important here, adequately met, that you're not only meeting your needs, but you're also able to celebrate life and live your joy because you are able to financially. That is when you will know that you have found within you the balance and the acknowledgement of who you are and your relationship with spirit that says, I am a divine being. I deserve to be here. I deserve to be loved by the divine, by my source. I am loved. And I can manifest abundance on all levels of my life, emotional, physical, materially, because I know that I am a child of and I am divine. Well, that's that's quite a bit. Thank you so much, Estelle, and thank you for all of the insights. Um, we will be doing a lot more of these podcasts, and please feel free once again to send us any questions you might have. Thank you once again, Estelle, and I'm hoping to meet with you soon. Thank you once again.